brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus a fine and good Sunday morning or Sunday early afternoon to you and it's always good to be in the house of the Lord and even if you're watching online you're still in the house of the Lord if you are saved and born again because the Lord Jesus Christ dwells in you please stand with me out of respect for the Word of God and turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14 verses 1 through 12 as I preach in your hearing John the Baptist the greatest man who ever lived according to Jesus Christ and this is, I believe, part four <coughs> in the Just Jesus Evangelistic uh, Campaign, day 2144, since January the 20th, 2017, day 2529, since January the 1st, 2016, the Word of God, Matthew chapter 14, verses 1 through 12. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard of the fame of Jesus and said unto his servants, This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. For Herod had laid hold on John and bound him, and put him in prison for Herodias' sake. So John the Baptist the prophet was already suffering for uh, he was already suffering and had lost his freedom because of Queen Jezebel in the New Testament one of the Jezebels Herodias a nasty woman uh, so not only did he get his head cut off because of her, he lost his freedom because of her. So not only in America today where a man who didn't do anything wrong but told the truth to a woman or to a pastor's wife or to a vice president uh, rather, or a uh, president's wife, uh, 
can end up in trouble. Uh, but even back then, a good man can suffer because of a Jezebel, the wife of a powerful person. And believe it or not, uh, there are prophets and preachers suffering today at the hand of pastors' wives who have no power, but it just so happens uh, she's married to a pastor who considers, uh, that people consider him to have some influence and power. Makes no difference whether it's government, the religious crowd, because the religious crowd will kill you quicker than the government will. Or the general public. Most prophets end up suffering because they have the God-given audacity to preach the truth to people regardless of their station in life. So John the Baptist was in jail already because of Herodias. But that was not enough. As it is not enough for many Jezebels uh, who are bloodthirsty. He was in jail, he was in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. God had a problem with it. God told John to address it. Verse 4, For John said unto him, It is not lawful. It is not lawful for thee to have her. Modern day example, it was morally not lawful for Hunter Biden to have his brother's wife after he suffered and died of a brain tumor. That did not sit right with me and I said it back. I said it when it happened. I'm shocked that President Biden allowed his son to do that. He left his wife and started having sex with his brother's wife. That's just not cool. That's, 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 that's almost like having sex with your sister. It's incest, as you will see later on. It's not proper. It's not moral. Oh, you might get away with it, but it's just not, that's not a good look. At least. That's nasty. That's wickedness. To leave your wife and to go have sex with your brother's wife and he just died. Like you had something going on with her before he died. Or you had your eyes set on her. That's not right. If you like that, you probably need to move away from her, move to another town. 
instead of taking advantage of Herodias. And when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude because they counted him as a prophet. But when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod. And I've already told you now Herodias was probably something else herself for her to snag two uh, uh, two brothers like that. that. That see, there are some women who will make a man crazy and cause Harry to do something as stupid as this. And then if the daughter is grown and fine as well, that'll make a man lose his mind double. And this is what was happening. I know you may not like for me to say that, uh, but let me just say this to you people, you sweet evangelicals who act like you are not attracted to beautiful, you men who act like you're not attracted to beautiful women, and you women who act like you're not attracted to men, you need to stop lying, that's why you're committing adultery, and that's why you're falling down and texting people, you ought not to be texting, because you don't want to accept reality. But God has wired men and women uh, to be attracted to one another. And that's why the Billy Graham rule, pardon me, the Billy Graham rule, rule still stands because the Billy Graham rule is based upon the Bible and common sense. Why do I say that? Because if you are a normal human being, a normal man, and a normal woman, regardless of what is going on in your life and who you're married to and all of that, all kinds of dynamics begin to happen when a man and a woman is alone in an office, at the church, uh, at the beach, uh, Wherever. It's, 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 there are things that go off. They, I'm not saying they should go off, but they go off. There's a connection that begins to happen between a man and a woman. And you sweet evangelicals and Protestants and Catholics need to stop lying. That's why you're constantly messing up. And everybody ought to obey the Billy Graham rule. And if Billy Graham was here, he would not be texting a woman that he's not married to. Or is not his uh, daughters. So that rule extends out to that. You are not to be alone with a woman. That includes alone with your phone texting another man's wife. I don't care who you are. And, 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 and brother man, brother Matt is not the only one who has done this. Thousands of pastors have done this. And, and you can like it or lump it, but the most intimate form of communication today is texting. You can get hooked up into a person's mind real quick with words, especially a woman. Because a woman is moved more by words than a man is. 
I said this the other night, and I'll say it again, and I don't care if you sweet evangelists like it or not. If a pastor or a leader in the church or anybody is texting another man's wife, uh, he is trying to get into her panties, period. I know you don't want to hear the truth, but that's the truth. Because everybody, everybody has better sense than that. We all have better sense than that. And so you husbands out there, stop trying to be so uh, metrosexual where you're not jealous for your wife. Don't let a Negro, be they white or black, text your wife, period. And you tell your wife that the only somebody, the only man who ought to have your number is me, your husband, and maybe your father. If he, if he shows the utmost respect for me as your head and then your sons, that's it. Stop this foolishness. Whereupon, that includes emailing as well, unless they're just getting a, a, a general email from the secretary of the church letting everybody know what's coming up, something like that, a monthly email. That's fine, but not not one from the pastor. Whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. And there are many men have been taken down by a fine, fat woman dancing in front of him and so forth and so on. It drives a man crazy. And there are women who can drive a man crazy and have, they, and have done so. And they know how to do so. Drive a man slap crazy. And, and, and he's willing to give up half his fortune to her. And many, many men have done so. Many men. One way or another. There are some men who... A woman drove them so crazy, and they got married and everything, and after she did the do and was got tired of them, he, 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 he was not mad when she took half of what he had earned, house, the children, because he was, he was so crazy, he was just happy to be with her for the few months that they were together. She drove him slap crazy. And there are some women who can put it on you. Uh, Harry is one of them. Anyway. And she being before instructed of her mother. Said give me here John Baptist's head in a charger. And the king was sorry. Nevertheless for the oath's sake. And them which sat with him at meat, he commanded it to be given her. Men, there's some men who are so weak, driven slap crazy by a woman, by her, by a woman and her daughter. And you're really in trouble when you got a team like that. And uh, that they'll sacrifice you, a good man. They'll have you 
put in jail for that woman through pillow talk. They'll have you killed because of that Jezebel woman who has power over the weak need Ahab. And he sent and beheaded John in the prison. Herodias should have been beheaded, but John the Baptist, the greatest man who ever lived according to Jesus Christ, was beheaded and he was already in prison. Now that's not only wanting him put away, that's wanting him dead. So Herodias, Queen Jezebel, murdered the prophet John the Baptist. The blood is on her hands even while she's in hell and on her daughter's hands. And yes, Herod's hands. He was an accessory to murder. This is no strange thing. Now he was the first prophet of the New Testament and the last prophet of the Old Testament. Just like Isaiah, just like Elijah. But Queen Jezebel hated Elijah, put him on the run. That's the reason why he didn't go to jail, because he ran away from Queen Jezebel. The birds had to feed him. He got depressed because Queen Jezebel was on his tail. And there's some men still running today from women from their wives, from their mothers, from the pastor's wife who's a Queen Jezebel, afraid like little scared kitty cats. No man ought to be afraid of any woman, including your mother, especially your wife, and especially another man's wife. I'm telling you men to stop this foolishness where you're afraid to tell the truth. You're afraid to say something uh, because uh, you're afraid that uh, your wife is going to get a mood or your mother is going to get upset and try to poison the family against you. And they will do that. Because the pastor's wife runs the pastor and the church. And she can cause you to get fired for speaking the truth. Even against her husband because she is her, his protector instead of him being her protector. Nothing has changed. Everything is still the same. And his head was brought in a charger. She was a bloodthirsty witch, Herodias, and a whore. No morals, no scruples, mad out of her mind to kill a man because he told you the truth. And she had the attitude of many powerful people today. How dare you? Who do you think you are? to tell my new husband, the brother of my last husband, 
that he cannot have me. I can do what I want. I can let any man have me that I want to have me. And given to the damsel, and guess what else happened? And she brought it to her mother. The death of John the Baptist, the greatest man who ever lived, according to Jesus Christ himself. Born man, born of woman. Jesus was not born of a woman, so he's not in that category. And uh, John the Baptist knew that. Because John the Baptist said, uh, he must increase, but I must decrease. I'm not worthy to even tie his shoes up. Behold the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sin of the world. And his disciples came and took up the body and buried it, and went and told Jesus. And beloved, when you die, that's all that's going to happen. They're going to come and bury your body. Jesus will already know about it. You just be faithful until the end. You stand for Jesus and you stand for the word of God. You preach the whole counsel of God. You preach the gospel of God. And you don't back up. And if you lose your head, if you lose your freedom... So be it. God will take care of you. Shall we pray? Holy Father God in heaven, I pray. In the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the time of prayer that you blessed us to have today already. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of prayer. Thank you for your holy word that says from you, Ask and ye shall receive, seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. Thank you for the principle you gave and the precept that you gave, that men are always to pray and not to, to faint. And so, Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. I praise you and I thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit and your Holy Word, and for all of the many and millions and many and manifold blessings you bestowed upon us. For Jesus Christ's sake, for those of us who are saved and born again, forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and make us whiter than snow on the inside. Create within us a pure heart and a pure spirit, uh, mind and a right spirit. Crush and crucify our wicked, evil, and ungodly flesh and fill us afresh and anew with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty of your Holy Spirit. Save those who are lost. Revive those who are saved. Glorify your holy name. 
And Holy Father God, I pray that you will uh, rebuke and bind the devil, his demons, and his hosts. Lord, from uh, this time around your Holy Word and with your Holy Word. And uh, Holy Father God, I pray that uh, you would rebuke and bind the devil, his demons, and his hosts, Lord, from my wife and from this, uh, uh, from the preaching of your Holy Word, that everything would go smoothly, decently, and in order. And I pray for, uh, I pray that you would cast the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic, demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias out of her life and out of the lives of other people. I pray for her salvation. I pray, Lord, that uh, she would humble herself and truly believe in you and become a new creature in Christ. I pray the same for her family, my family, and all of the people gathered, gathered around this morning or this early afternoon and uh, across the country and around the globe. Grant me your energy, your strength, your unction, and your anointing, your freedom, and your liberty, and the power of your Holy Spirit to preach your Holy Word. And Lord, I thank you that I can fully, 100%, identify with John the Baptist. And I thank you for the experiences that allow me to do that. It makes this passage in your Holy Word very, very real to me, as well as other passages. So, Lord, let your will be done, and uh, help me to glorify your Holy Name and glorify your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ, for it is in his name we pray. Amen. Dr. Adam Clark said, the best service a subject can render his prince or his king is to lay before him in the plainest but most respectful manner what the law of God requires of him. That's the best advice you can give. That's the best advice that an, a, a, an advisor to a king or a president can give. We must line up with the law of God requires of him and of all of us and what the law forbids. And so, dear friends, I want you to notice with me secondly by the grace of God, please look at the faithfulness of John the Baptist. Remember the faithfulness of John the Baptist. By God's grace, God made him to be faithful. Our God is faithful to us. Unfortunately, so many of us today we're not faithful to God. And by the way, you will never be faithful unless you are faithful to God. 
that's all that matters and you'll be faithful to others if you're faithful to God John the Baptist was found to be faithful and Dr. Matthew Henry said Herod was one of John's hearers and therefore John might be the more bold with him ministers who are reprovers by office are especially obliged to reprove those that are under their charge and by the way God is the one who will give a called a God called preacher a charge and people under that charge God will bring people under the charge of a faithful God called godly preacher and that preacher that prophet that pastor must not be a sycophant who is more in awe of the man the president the king the prince or whoever that they don't deliver the message that God wants them to hear from the man of God. We have too many preachers who get caught up in charismatic personalities. And they're more concerned about that personality, that person accepting them. They will sign all kinds of papers uh, that pretty much takes away their authority to say anything to them that they don't like. And no preacher ought to sign an NDA, a non-disclosure, whatever, whatever, whatever. No pastor, no evangelist, no prophet, no preacher should sign one of those contracts that says you can't say this to me, I don't want to hear this, and I don't want you to say anything to anybody else about me. And uh, your retort should be, if I can't say what I need to say to you, and if I can't say what I need to say to others, then you don't need me to be your advisor. And you don't need my influence upon millions of people to support you either. Uh, I will walk. That's how that's going to be. Okay, Mr. President. So it's up to you. You need me. I really don't need you. I'm here to help you. I'm not here to get any help from you. God sent me here. And God sent me here to help you. And uh, you need to abide by the commandments and the laws of God and do what God wants you to do. And if you're not willing to do that, tell me up front and I walk. That's all. We have too many pastors who become sycophants, little errand boys. When that's not the role a pastor, no preacher ought to take that role with a leader, a government leader. 
You're not requesting anything. You're telling him. This is what you need to do. You don't like that. You don't want me to tell you what to do. From God. And, and from the word of God. Then I don't need to be here. That's how you need to be thinking pastors. But it's too late now. The country is shot to hell. Because of you. So we ought to be especially obliged to reprove those that are under their charge and not to suffer sin upon them. Because as a minister, a God-called minister of Christ, a God-called pastor, a God-called uh, prophet, he knows what's going to happen to that president or that king or that prince if they violate the law of God and the word of God and it's going to hurt him, it's going to hurt his family, it's going to hurt uh, the church, it's going to hurt the country, and it's going to hurt you if you sit there and not say anything. Let me just say a word here about football one and football two. Now, so-called football, which is another name for it is soccer, as we are seeing uh, all over the world today, to me is a very disorganized, dumb game. NFL football, college football in the U.S., to me that game makes sense. Not only because I'm familiar with it, it's more orderly. You get the ball and you try to get a touchdown. And you have the ball unless uh, something happens like a fumble that you cause, or an interception that you cause. This back and forth in soccer, you know, you can be a team, somebody can pass you the ball and anybody can get the ball and, and they can't touch it with their hands, but they can hit it with their head and their foot and all of this. I think it's crazy. But one thing I do know is the fans, they love that game called soccer more than life itself. Their fans are far greater than the American football fans. I thought we were fanatics, but they, they are beyond fanatics. It's like a religion to them. And the emotions that uh, the soccer players have for the game and for losing a game, which is normally one to zero, which is crazy to me. With all of that they do, they ought to get seven points too. My soul. All uh, oh, that running back and forth and, 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 and hitting, hitting the ball with your head and, and, and hitting it with your foot and getting your shins all torn to pieces. They ought to get seven points too. As far as I'm concerned, if they make a score, if they make a score, my point is <clears throat> one of the greatest players out there, a very popular guy, but many others, when they lose or they miss a point, they cry like little babies. They boo-hoo like little children. Grown men with families. 
<clears throat> they lie down on the ground and eat grass and shed tears. I've never seen anything like it. If they miss a free point, or if they miss a point, or they lose by one point, or they draw, which is weird. And so my main point is this right here. The news reporter said, and by the way, I do believe that that news reporter who died, I think, I believe he was in good health, and I believe they killed him for, because of what he stood for, what he was standing for, which I don't agree with. Because his brother is a homosexual, so that's why he was, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that's everything man for everybody. And a lot of people liked him. I believe, I believe he was killed as well as uh, others do. But be that as it may, uh, one man was boohooing and crying because he missed a kick on yesterday. He missed a free kick. It's not really a free kick because there's a goalie there to block you. He just missed the whole thing and sent it up into the air above the net, above the goal, out into the, to the crowd. And someone, one reporter said that that man will remember that bad kick for the rest of his life. Now, I don't believe there's a football player in the NFL or college that, 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 that it bothers them that I don't see any tears when people lose uh, uh, a, a football game. I, I mean, I, you know, I guess you've seen a few, I mean, grown men crying, I mean, down through the years, but not like these people. But he said that man is going to, and in fact, I think it was a fellow teammate who said that man is going to remember this kick and it's going to hurt him for the rest of his life. And so back to the text. Ministers who are reprovers by office, maybe not by nature, are especially obliged to reprove those that are under their charge and not to suffer sin upon them or upon themselves or upon the nation or upon the White House or the State House or the King's Palace. Because if you do, just like that soccer player is going to remember, and he even described it, he's going to look up in the sky, I mean look up in the, at the ceiling and remember that missed kick for the rest of his life. And he's going to just do this number. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to make him cringe. And that's what will happen to the man of God if he does not deliver what God wants him to deliver to people that he puts under his charge, a charge to keep I have, a God to glorify. Even in 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 I believe this is the rapper's name. So you have one shot. Now God is going to give you a shot. If if you first of all, if you're faithful where you are, God will raise you up 
and he will expect you to be faithful to him where he raises you up to. And even in the uh, uh, even the rapper Eminem said, you have one shot. You miss that one shot, then you're going to regret that for the rest of your life as a man of God. The fear of man out of the book of Proverbs brings a snare. They have the fairest opportunity of dealing with them and with them may expect the most favorable acceptance. No strings attached, you must tell the people under your charge. Now, you, could, you, you, know, you may consider yourself to be my friend, but I really don't have any friends. I can't. Uh, you may consider yourself to be a family member. I, I, you know, I mean, uh, flesh and blood is fine, but I, when it comes to what God wants me to tell you, and he wants me to tell you uh, what he wants me to tell you, I'm going to tell you. Mommy, daddy, wife, uh, uh, children, whatever, grandchildren, whatever. I'm, I can't back up off of the word just because you're a family member. Just because you call yourself my friend, my ace boom coon. And I've had some ace boom coon preacher friends in the ministry. I, I, I had to let them go. I had to cut them off. God wanted me to do so. You said you cut off your ace boom coon? I cut off my ace boom coon. I, I, because the, uh, if you try to lead me to go contrary to what God has called me to do, uh, and say, I'm not doing that. I don't care what kind of relationship we have. Family, friend, or foe. President, king, makes no difference to the man of God. If you're wrong, you're wrong. And I'm going to tell you you're wrong. And why? Because it's going to end up badly. And what I have noticed, if I tell you, if, if God gives me the courage and the unction and anointing to say something about something and you don't listen and you don't obey it, it happens, the, the, the downfall happens pretty quickly because you know better because the preacher did his job and told you. The particular sin he reproved him for was marrying his brother Philip's wife. Who does that? You're nasty somebody to do that. I don't care. You nasty man. You don't do that. You don't you don't do that. That's disrespectful. Not his widow that had not been so criminal. It still would have been morally wrong in my view. But his wife you a dog, Dak. you a dog for real to do that. Philip was not living, uh, uh, pardon me, Philip was now living and Herod inveigled his wife from him. And kept her for his own. 
Now that's even worse. It's bad to take your brother's widow, but to somehow finagle your brother's wife from her and keep her as your own, you're the devil. You're just devilish. You're just wicked as the devil. You're a lie, your feet ain't laid, and your heart pumps peanut butter. You're the worst than the worst. Here was a complication of wickedness. Wickedness is complicated anyway. Confusion is not of God. Uh, if things are not done decently and in order, and see, this is why God gave the commandments. To cut down on wicked mess like this right here. Because with the commandments or not, this is going to cause a problem. See, this will make, this will make a man want to kill a Negro. Be they white or black or brown. You hear me? See, see, at any given time, this, this is why many men have died messing with somebody's wife. There are many men in the grave and there are many women in the grave because people cross the line, yes, and sad to say in this wicked world, in the family. In the family. Incest, and that is incest if your brother's married to a woman and all of a sudden you fancy her and she halfway fancy you, you take advantage of it. That's incest, that's adultery and incest. Adultery, incest. Besides the wrong done to Philip, his brother, who had had a child by this woman, his daughter, your niece, you devil. And you got out there dancing before you in a sexual manner because you got a wicked wife. And not only is Herod wicked as the devil, Herodias is just as wicked. Speaking of adultery, we have a situation going on in the nation today. Too arrogant, proud. And see what happens is people get these, they fight like the Dickens to get these jobs where they're getting paid a million dollars, over a million dollars a year. You got all the money in the world. Now you, you, you're not content with your wife. You're not content with your husband. You, you you experience hubris. And so you dare to take another man's wife. You dare to, just because your girlfriend who was married and lost her husband over this dog, and you heard how she, she enjoyed him so much, 
even though he managed to keep his wife, you now you be and this happens all the time. Uh, girlfriend be telling, yeah, I like him because he he did this for me and did this to me and so forth. And before you know it, they want a piece. That's what has happened here with T.J. Holmes and Robach. See foolishness. And then you and then you get at, in the word. Now listen to me now. In the words of Gail, and in the words of the lesbian on. The real Good Morning America, they always get rid of the uh, number two and number three. She's a lesbian. Used to be a basketball player and a sports commentator. I forget, Robin. Both of them are using the same word. This is sloppy and this is messy. They need to be fired. This is uh, Robin's, her colleagues. And she said, this is messy. This is... When black women say something is messy, it's, it's totally jacked up. It is totally messed up. It's messy and sloppy. Okay, you 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 did what you did to do, but you all could have done it better than that. That's what they're saying. The only devil saying is all right is homosexual Don Lemon. You know why he said it? Because he has no morals on, his, uh, on the inside of him at all. And he, he knows he's wrong every day getting out of the bed with a man. And he wants everybody to hurt him. That's why he said he wants to hurt them. Why, uh, who, who are you? You're not the Pope. You devil. You ought not even be on the TV at all doing what you're doing. But that's what people who don't have any morals say. At least Robin has some morals. She come from past Christianity down in Mississippi. That's as far south as you can go. So, you know, she, she might have messed up with what she's doing, but she she know what grandmother and them taught her. That it, ah, it's messy. It should not have been done, but it's, it, beyond that, it's messy and sloppy. Those are the words that Gail King said and Robin said. When a black woman says it is sloppy and messy, you've got to go. <laughs> uh, that means that you, you we don't want to see you anymore. We don't want to see you anymore. Because see, y'all don't even see you 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 don't even know how to do dirty stuff. Y'all all out in the street grinning and smiling and you coming back all arrogant talking about you wish this week can go on and on devil. Boy, sit down somewhere. You know, you know you and you don't even have the talent to even be on there in the first place. You finagled your way and you I guess you worked hard to get there and 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 God had mercy on you and let you have it, and you're making no doubt a million, two million, three million a year, whatever, and now you're going to throw it away with this foolishness. And 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 I say with other men, listen to me well. I'm gonna be as nice as I can. You should have left her alone with her husband, man. Uh, because I, I'm just going to be frank with you. 
if, if you're going to do all of that and risk your livelihood and your life and everything else, man, no disrespect. Get somebody who looks like she, like you just couldn't help yourself kind of thing. I mean, I mean, they show, show enough fox. I mean, come on, man. That's so stupid. And 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 and, and what I have said in the past regarding situations like this is not only that you committed the adultery, that's bad enough. But what you have done is stupid. You're going to forsake your beautiful wife for this woman, another man's wife. That's not only sloppy and messy, that's nasty. Man, woman, that's some nasty mess right there. And y'all going to be all like you little high school, you're in a high school somewhere. Come on. You say, well, preacher, what do you have to do with it? Why are you preaching on it? They're, 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 they, they are... Under my charge, as a prophet for not only the nation but the world, God raised me up to do this. See, you know, you're not going to even have the authority and the movement of God to say things like this if you don't have the authority and permission from God to say it. God is the one who issues authority. They're under my charge. See, so is the president, so is the king of England. They're under my charge. So they have their own pastor. I'm, I'm over them too. Because they're not telling them these people what to do. And they're messing up everybody's lives. See, we're in a mess right now because my sweet evangelical pastor friends who had the opportunity to direct and control the behavior of King Trump. They did not do so. And the whole nation is in a mess right now. And uh, the woke liberals, I know you don't want to hear it, but they have won. They have won. They outflanked you. They outsmarted you, and look at the mess this nation is in now, and it could have been avoided if the men of God had done what I told them to do, and told the president what I told them to tell them, in writing, and it's been up there on, 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 uh, on the website for now, what, going on 600 days? And the date in which I told them they could have saved this nation. But no, they were so enamored with the charismatic president and the man's man kind of president. And they're more concerned about making sure they don't offend him uh, because he uh, was very immature and very fragile. So that they could say that they went to the Christmas party with the president. Instead of telling him the truth. They didn't tell him the truth because they would have said. Because they know he would have said get rid of him. I don't like him. 
he does not prophesy good to me. And so, my beloved, back to he had a child with this woman. And it was an aggravation of the wrong. And you see what 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 uh, happens when people violate God's law. The same woman the adulteress and the incestuous eventually told her daughter to dance nasty for her second husband, which was the brother of her first, and he was still living. This was the brother's child, and and she, and the mother knew she could put it off. And she put it up to it. Now, mama didn't, mommy didn't want to do it because Mommy couldn't pull off like her daughter. She taught her daughter well how to hook men. How to inflame their imaginations. And uh, she knew that this Herod did not have any scruples or any morals. And I can see her now sitting there on the throne watching him get all excited. And, that, and because she knew that he didn't have any morals because he married her. Uh, he, he, he would be interested even in his brother's daughter. To the point of giving her half the kingdom. And he gave her more. He had a man of God. The greatest man who ever lived. According to Jesus Christ. He gave her John the Baptist's head. What a way to die. I mean, how nasty and how low can you go? Huh? Now, John the Baptist is celebrated all around the world and in heaven. Herod, Herodias, And the daughter are in hell. But what a way to die. I mean, just imagine the newspapers. He was murdered by this wicked woman. Married to her husband's uh, brother. Used the girl to dance like a whore. Used his used her true husband's daughter. See that that see that right there? See that that that'll make a see that makes somebody want to kill somebody right there. When you start messing with their children. And so when her, her husband, her original husband heard about it, imagine how he felt. That he was his brother, his half-brother, by the father, but not by the mother, 
For this sin, John reproved him. John rebuked him. You say, well, why did John rebuke him? Why didn't John just keep his mouth shut? See, that's what's wrong with America today. That's what's wrong with the society. Listen to me very carefully. All of the sweet evangelical Protestant pastors and Baptist pastors, independent Baptists, uh, independent Presbyterian, independent Methodists and everything, they hate for me to say it. I'm not the only one who said it. But they like the, the other pastor better. Dr. Tony Evans has said it too. But I've said it for years. The problem in America is not the homosexuals. It is not the perverts. It is not the people in some town today or this past week dressed up in some little furry little animal looking devilish demonic looking uh, outfits called and they call themselves the furries is all connected to homosexuality homosexuals walk men like dogs in a dog suit see in america see who is at fault the pastors of the local churches in this country, the false prophets who call themselves prophets but they never prophesied about anything but money, as well as the false prophetesses. They were all in it for the money and prosperity, the damnable prosperity gospel. That's why we're in the mess we're in today. Not the lost adulterers and adulteresses and Incestors and incestresses, fornicators and fornicatresses. No, the pastor. I said the pastors of churches across this nation and around the globe trying to fit in with the government and society. And now you. And, I, and, and, and I'm especially talking to the lost people in the neighborhoods that surround the church. And hear you now, dear friends. Because the pastor didn't reach out to you with the gospel, was more concerned about driving uh, a, a, a Mercedes or a Bentley, more concerned about his expense account, his housing allowance. He compromised on preaching the word of God in your community. He didn't stand against the abomination of homosexuality when he had a chance to. When he heard a preacher like me preaching on it every day, he knew what to do. He didn't want to do it. He was more concerned about keeping his little salary and his little money. And guess what you have to do now? Dear friend who works down uh, at the coal mine. Dear friend who works down at the car plant, the auto plant. Dear friend who 
works down at the factory, and I, re I can remember to this day, the great country singer. My wife ought to be able to remember his name. I think he died. He came out with a song a long time ago. Thank God for my job down at the factory. It's not Willie Nelson, but it's another name like that. He's gone now. When your pastor should have handled this mess for you, the local preachers should have band together and, and handled this for you. Guess what? Now, you, you don't see the pastor at the school uh, board meeting, do you? Oh, they used to come. They used to be on the board. Some of them are still on the board. Thank God some teachers just walked out the other night. And, and, and by the way, your teachers, your good teachers, they've already left. Now here you are. You got to get off work. Out of the coal mines and get off work from the auto uh, plant. And you're sweating and, and dirty and everything else. You got to go because your wife is dragging you down. And you know why? Because there's some blue-haired, green-haired, pink-haired teachers down there trying to make your boy into a girl and trying to make your girl into a boy. You want to get mad at me? I've been preaching this for years. I've been preaching nearly every day for going on seven years this coming March. And I've preached more on this and warned this country and the church of this for years. That's why most preachers don't bother me. Most preachers don't. I do have some enemies, but most people who, most preachers who uh, halfway know God, but did not step up, they don't bother me. You know why? Because they know I have been preaching for the past seven years against this foolishness. I warned them. God led me to warn the church and this nation for what we're seeing today. Here we got a man in a nuclear position, dressed up like a woman, wearing women's clothes, and stealing suitcases from women with the women attire in it, and he's making enough money to buy 10,000 suitcases. Because some of you people don't understand, when people go that route and become homosexuals and, and so forth, most of them have other issues too. You don't, you don't understand that. So you think it's okay. And now we have most pastors woke, most churches woke, because they have been deceived by the devil. And, and lost people got to go down to the school board and try to fight the devil sitting on the school board who have a thousand books not on science and math not on uh, uh, biology but on homosexuality there's a book in your children's library titled this book is gay hmm? your pastor could have kept that out of there but he failed you. The pastors in your community, they failed you. All across this country. You say, well, how could that happen? Because the blind lead the blind. How could this happen? Because pastors, they uh, are so insecure 
they they hook up with other pastors and and is and, and, and they get into a little cesspool of following one another and listening to one another instead of listening to God and praying to God and they hardly pray. And we have an article right now running on the bcn1.com publication today. That talks about how that church attendance, not to mention membership, has decreased greatly. So much so, people are leaving churches and meeting out at farms, meeting at coffee shops, vineyards, bars, anywhere they can meet. Just a, just two or three together, and most are staying home. And worshiping at home, if they're worshiping at all. The true Christians are worshiping at home. Because of the foolishness of people who refuse to be like John the Baptist. And preach the truth to the people under their charge. Not by tacit and oblique allusions. But in plain terms, people need to hear it plainly. Pastors who lied to people in their church saying, Honey, it's okay for you to get a divorce from your husband, your old mean husband. Uh, And by the way, I got somebody uh, waiting for you over there in our ministry called Divorce Care. The devil is a lie. Yeah, he's, he's freshly divorced and... And, and, and honey child, he is good looking and everything. He has about uh, 3.5 children, just like you. <laughs> Y'all could be like the Brady boys. Look at, and and you, you bring them out of the frying pan into the fire of hellaciousness. Many pastors and their pastors, uh, the pastor's wives especially, play Cupid in, the, in, in divorce church. Homosexuals found out about that. They said, well, you can't reject us. You got members in your church who are divorced and remarried. and They don't have any grounds. And they're living in adultery. And even the homosexuals are against adultery. So you can't stop us from, from becoming members. Your deacon is living in adultery. In fact, pastor, you're living in adultery. We found out that this is not your first wife. This is your third wife. So what are you going to say to us? And if you try to say something to us, we're going to put you on YouTube. We have shows on YouTube. And the government pays us to expose pastors like you. Or we make thousands of dollars. And so just give us give us something to tell everybody. Oh, no, no, no. How much they pay? I'll, I'll pay you more to keep my name off of YouTube. Plain terms. It is not lawful for thee to have her. Period. How many pastors have done that? It's not lawful. It doesn't matter how we feel. It doesn't matter what we think. And I have so much more to say today. 
But I'm going to cut it off there. I think that's a good point. A good place to go ahead and cut this message short. It is not lawful for you to have her. See, people, we're all under the Ten Commandments of God. We're all under the laws of God and Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus Christ said, If you love me, keep my commandments. And Jesus Christ said, he, he edited Moses and said, if you uh, uh, divorce without grounds, and the only grounds you have is if your spouse committed adultery, and you divorce for any other reason and so forth, and then you marry somebody else, not only are you committing adultery, you're causing that person to commit adultery. And if your wife or spouse marries somebody else, she's committing adultery and causes that other person to commit adultery. You got, you got adultery all over the place, times four. God, God is very serious about his commandments and about his laws. And Jesus Christ is God. Well, see, that does not conform to what we are about today in America, you know, in the American way. We don't believe all of that. And we may, we've made divorce very easy and uh, no-fault divorce and so forth and so on. Everybody can get divorced just like uh, Brady and, and, and his former wife. It's just very quick and easy and so forth and so on. That's not the American way, Reverend White. Prophet. You're not with the times. We don't like you because you... Why are you bringing this up? Why are you so hard on these things? God made me to be hard about it because to try to avoid getting us into... Uh, to try to avoid us getting into the mess we're in today. You can't just stop at the homosexuality explosion. You got to go back to the divorce and remarriage explosion that happened years ago in the sweet evangelical circles. <clears throat> the sweet Baptist circles, the sweet Protestant circles, to the point we have voted in men who have been married two and three times as president. Okay? We have no respect. Uh, many people in the church don't have re respect for the commandments of God. And God does not like it. And God has shown great mercy and grace. But, my friends, we have crossed the line. And that's why we're in trouble. That's why you can hardly enjoy Christmas or Thanksgiving. Why? Because there are plagues. There are plagues all over the place. If your living is only by the grace of God, you better be thankful. You better be thankful, my dear friend. You better be grateful. Don't, don't, don't take your life uh, for granted. Don't think you should be here. I mean, you have the mercy of God. You better be thankful, and you better number your days, and you had better 
be grateful to God that he's allowing you to live and you better serve him while you can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, no wonder people hate you so much. I heard your family hates you. Uh, the evangelicals hate you. Uh, the Baptists hate you. Everybody hates you. The world hates you. The government hates you. Well, now you know why. They hated John the Baptist. He didn't know <laughs> John the Baptist. All he did was announce that Jesus Christ was here. But as a prophet, he had to deal with the, the sinful situations under his charge. A charge to keep I have. A God to glorify. Oh, yeah. That's real talk. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for your powerful holy word. Thank you so much for your powerful name. Thank you so much for your powerful Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us that it is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit saith the Lord. And so, Holy Father God, we pray not only for lost souls to be saved today, but we pray for your people who know you and who know better and who know your commandments very well to confess their sins and to repent and to turn from their wicked ways. For your glory, praise, and honor. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, Christian people who believe in Christ, you know what you need to do. I don't have to tell you. You say, Preacher, aren't you going to give us an invitation to get it right? Nope. You know what you need to do. You go to the altar in your house. You go to your closet. And get your heart right with God. And if you're religious. But lost. And you know it. Everybody, I believe everybody knows whether or not they're saved or lost. I don't, believe, I don't believe anybody's confused about that. They, Unless they have seared their conscience with a hot iron. And seared their spirits and their minds. And their souls with a hot iron, and they are reprobate. I believe everybody knows whether or not they're saved or lost. I knew I was lost, even though I was raised in church. My dad was a popular preacher. My mother was a preacher. We were in church of some kind every Sunday. Because my mom demanded it. Okay, it was not up for discussion, but I knew I was lost. I even found myself praying, Lord, please show me the light, because I knew they didn't have it. How did I know? I don't know. Only God, only God knows all of that. But I am convinced that God is so loving and merciful and so fair, He will let you know whether or not you're saved or lost. You will have that knowledge within you. Even if you're religious and church going like I was, but lost. 
And so listen up. If you want to be found, if you want to be saved from the power of your sins, if you want to be saved from the punishment of your sins, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And God will save you from the power of your sins. And he will save you from the punishment of your sins in that awful place called hell. Dear friend, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou, you, shalt be saved. Please understand that you are a sinner. You're under my charge. That's why I'm telling you this. I have to. Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Even though it's hated around the world. Woe is me if I preach not the gospel and the whole counsel of God. The Bible says we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means that we're all guilty. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. That means we're all going to die. You know that you're going to die. You know that You're going to die because you've had family members to die. You're no better. You know that you're going to die because the old man down the street died and the young woman down the street the other way died the other day. And the strange and sad part about, one of the strange and sad parts about death is that you can die at any time. Some of us really don't believe that, but we can. You can drop dead right now. Some of us take pills because we know that if we don't take those pills, we we would drop dead. The wages of sin is death. I believe the rocket that they sent to the moon is back and has landed or will be landing in the sea. From... Uh, That trip, I'm sure they're going to send some more fresh pictures back from the moon, back to the earth. Uh, Pictures of the earth. And what will you see? Are you going to see a foundation holding up the earth? No. It's hanging on nothing. A perfect ball-shaped planet that God spoke into existence and he holds up with his word. And if God will allow you to leave this beautiful place called earth designed for human beings like us through death because of your sins then God will allow you to go to hell to spend eternity for your sins if you don't believe in his son, Jesus Christ, who he has provided 
for our sins, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for our sins, was buried, and rose on the third day by the power of Almighty God. For Jesus Christ said, the most loving, the most magnificent, and the most important words ever said in the history of the world to mankind. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, said, For God so loved the world. You cannot make this up, people, by the way. It's impossible for you to make up this true story. Impossible. Only God could do this. And God does all things well, my friend. Every, to every detail. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Call upon his name, for the Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Pray and ask him to come into your heart to save your soul, and he will save you. Make no mistake about it. Follow me in the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase as you believe truly, sincerely in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins. He paid your sin debt, was buried and rose on the third day by the power of Almighty God. If you mean business, let's pray. Repeat after me, phrase by phrase, and mean it from your heart. If you don't mean business, you're not sincere, don't pray this prayer. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner, and that I have done evil in your sight, such as lying, stealing, lusting, coveting, dishonoring my parents, disobeying my parents, dishonoring you and disobeying you and uh, using your name in vain. And many other sins. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. Please forgive me of all of my sins and help me to truly repent of all of my sins. As I now believe with, an, uh, with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to truly repent of my sins and turn from my evil ways and to follow you in the newness of life. Mm -hmm. 
In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, believing in your heart the Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity, according to the word of God and according to the word of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are now saved from hell and you're on your way to that beautiful place called heaven. And uh, to help you grow in the faith and in uh, God's grace to be the soldier uh, and the disciple that God wants you to be, please go to gospellightsociety.com and uh, click on the book titled What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. And this little book is free. And uh, uh, if uh, you read it, uh, you will get the next steps that you need to take as a Christian uh, that will help you to grow into the strong Christian and disciple that God wants you to be. Also, on that same site, click on the podcasts at the bottom of the site, and that will lead you to thousands of podcasts that will help you to grow dealing with theological and Bible school subjects uh, totaling nearly 50 different subjects from church history to apologetics and, and so many other uh, subjects. And if you listen to each one, they're not that long, uh, you will grow thereby. Also, please email us and let us know that you got saved today by the grace of God and uh, that uh, uh, so that we can rejoice with you. If you have a prayer request, you want us to pray for you, contact us anytime. Uh, there should be an email where you are. And if you don't see an email, you can contact me directly at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com.